Hey, Jonathan, I got you a present. Well, that was nice of you. Yeah, and I think you are really gonna like it, if you know what I mean. Oh, wait, is it a thesaurus linguae latini? I mean, those are considered by many to be the best Latin dictionary in the world. They can cost thousands of dollars. I can't believe it. Go ahead, open it. Oh, it's a, it's a spring? Nope, it's a spiral. Oh, well, it does look cool. I mean, not quite as cool as the Thesaurus Linguae Latinae. Well, you might want to hold judgment on that. A spiral might actually be cooler than almost anything. Really? How so? This shape is showing you the operation of your mind. Wow. It's also showing you the path we travel in life, the matrix for our thoughts and feelings, and the pattern by which heaven and hell try to access our minds. So you're saying that just like modern science is finding spirals and their message about the way the physical world works in everything from a nautilus shell to the arms of a galaxy, spirals permeate the spiritual side of life as well? Yep. Well, that is cool. You know, maybe that's even cooler than a high-end Latin dictionary. And we're going to explore those spiritual spirals and what they might mean tonight. Stay tuned. and then that little bit of sugar that's at the bottom and I'm starting to feel oh. like oh, my, my gums don't feel like good but I think if right. I eat another bag I think it'll balance it right out okay. yeah so, oh hey you. everybody hey welcome back to another episode of Swedenborgian Life my name is Curtis Childs I'm your host this is Dr. Jonathan Rose hey there and uh, you guys came right at the right time we're about to check out this awesome new documentary about spirals and we are hyped are you hyped I'm hyped. Then we're both hyped, and you guys hopefully will be hyped too, because this is the topic of today's show. We're going to look about out uh, at how does this amazing phenomenon that we call spirals show up all over in the physical world, and it's going to give us the fodder to look into the, the spiritual world and the mysteries right. that are there. So, oh, hey, that's it. It's starting. We'll see you mm. after it's over. I'm George Gantz. I write about big ideas in science, spirituality, and society, and recently started a blog at spiralinquiry.org. Spirals are amazing, complex, and beautiful forms, and they link together key ideas in mathematics, physics, and biology. Indeed, they're everywhere. One of the better-known spiral forms is seen in galaxies, the massive collections of stars, like our own Milky Way, or the Andromeda Galaxy, photographed by the Hubble Telescope. Billions of stars swirling around in a cosmic dance, orchestrated by the laws of motion and gravity. And at the small scale, electron clouds tracing out complex orbits around atomic nuclei in moving molecules, tiny spirals in space and time. But nature is where spirals are really on display. The very simplest of life forms, such as sunflowers, grow following the simple rules of the Fibonacci sequence mapping out the golden ratio, one of the most curious numbers in mathematics, and end up creating multiple interlocking spirals spinning both right and left, a common feature in philotaxis, the ordering of leaves and buds in the plant world. One of the more remarkable spirals in nature, observed in detail only recently, is the flight of the peregrine falcon. They can dive at more than 200 miles per hour, but in order to track their prey, they spiral as they dive, tracing out what's known as a perfect or logarithmic spiral. Each part of the spiral, a perfect duplicate of every other part, 
a special kind of fractal. So basically, everything that moves and flows, subject to the forces of gravity or friction or energy, eventually finds its most efficient path. In the words of complexity science, structure emerges through dissipative adaptation, and we see that emergence in the spiral forms of nature. Thank you. Spirals in the universe. Woo! Man, yeah, that was great. And I thought that I was loved spirals really before, but the way that they just like came through in the clutch. There. It's not just that they're appearing in huge objects, mm. like, your, like your regular uh, spiral arm galaxy, That's right. but also even down to electrons in Smallest there. Smallest level. Little, yeah, right, right in the atomic level. But then, mm. not just physics, but biology, and you're appearing right. in the way that organisms are structured, but also mm. the way that they behave. It's like spirals are, are everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and, and even it was making me think that even in the human body, you know, like muscles wrap, you know what I mean? There's all these That's things, right. starts here, goes around, there, you know, yeah. so like a lot of the musculature, it's not like straight cables or something. And even the way the heart moves, I understand it kind of twists and squeezes or whatever, you know, so, so there's yeah. spiral forms in the, in, the, in the body as well. And we're discovering some of these spirals as we can, you know, now look in places that we previously couldn't, like out of galaxies and into atoms and all that. So this is kind of a good test of, of Swedenborg's material mm. because it's like if he's really saying, I explored the whole spiritual world and the physical world, right. the reflection of the spiritual world, as we're discovering, oh, there actually are spirals everywhere physically, shouldn't we be seeing some evidence of mm. spirals in his spiritual travels? Mm. Do you know of anything so. like that? He does talk. In fact, he talks a lot about spirals in the spiritual world. Enough for maybe like a whole show on it? Maybe, let's try it. All right, well, we're going to begin that journey in part one. So let's explore the amazing world of spiritual spirals. And it's not just, hey, this is a nice analogy. There's spirals in the physical world, real ones, and it's kind of like how things go with the spirit. There are literal spirals in the spirit. Swedenborg says in True Christianity 578, the mind is an organism consisting of continuous spirals. And remember, with Swedenborg, the mind is is the spirit. It's the same thing. So he's talking about the conscious part of you somehow being what he calls an organism of continuous spiral. So what could that possibly mean? We're going to look further into Swedenborg for that. In Divine Providence 319, he says, and we're going to take you on a little trip here, our feelings and consequent thoughts are changes and variations of the state and form of the organic substances of our minds. Now I need to explain the nature and quality of those changes and variations. So he's saying that spiritually, just like physically, we are, we are now pretty much all in agreement that there's changes in the brain which are responding or interacting with, or some people would say causing thoughts and feelings. Swedenborg is saying that's happening on the spiritual level as well, and he, need, he needs to go into a little detail about what are these changes like, and he provides us with analogies that you find in the physical body. He actually talks about, you wouldn't think of this for thoughts and feelings, but he talks about the heart and the lungs, and the movement, specifically the movement movement of the heart and lungs. He says, think about the pulsation of the heart, the way that it thumps, the way that it presses fluid out, the motion of it, okay? So just hold that in your mind. You've, you've, seen, you've seen a beating heart before. You've felt yours a little bit. Keep that in mind. Think about the lungs, the way they expand, the way they contract, moving gas, and shifting everything else that's around them in the body. 
He says that those are a picture we're going to use to try to understand what's going on spiritually with these spirals, but not just the heart and the lungs. Actually, there's fluid rushing around your entire body. Right now, just under the skin, there's this super highway of little red blood cells scooting all around. And I want you to get in touch with the feeling of that. Because there's times that you can feel, sometimes you feel your pulse in your finger or something. You can get a sort of a sense of this movement in your body. So I just want to invite you to, I know it's early in the show to do this, but we're going to meditate for a second. And I just want you to focus on maybe, maybe it's your hands and feet or arms or something and try to feel the energy, the movement in there. Get a sense of this pulsation that's happening in your body as it goes through. So I'll leave you with some wispy uh, graphics to focus on just for a couple seconds while we get in touch with this movement in, in the body. So you've got a picture, you've got a feeling, you've got some kind of connection to this movement that's happening in your body. You've got a, the heart, the lungs in mind. We're thinking about the expansion and contraction, just the general vibe of that movement. Swedenborg uses that to make a comparison, e- even if it's a, you know, a pretty tenuous one, to what happens spiritually. He continues in Divine Providence 319. Much the same happens in the organic forms of the mind. So the same kind of movement. The difference is that their expansions and compressions, their alternating motions are relatively so much more perfect that there is no way to describe them in the words of ordinary language, but only in the words of spiritual language, which indicate by their sound that these changes and variations are vortex-like inward and outward gyrations after the manner of perpetually circling spirals wonderfully combined into forms receptive of life. You got it? simple, right? So somehow you think about the movement that goes on in the body. He's saying that, but but up to the nth degree in complexity, in beauty, in perfection is what's happening through this matrix in the mind that, that leads to, that sustains, uh, initially accepts thoughts and feelings. It's out there. And this is the nature of Swedenborg's description of spirals that often, as he admits there, is very hard to describe using the concepts we know, even using the language we have. But we thought, you're all smart people who are looking for something cool, so we thought we would give you what he has and let you ponder it. And just like we said, get in touch with the feelings in your body, hold that stuff in your mind, see if it starts to make sense. And we're going to give you more and more examples of it as we move throughout the show. And I'm going to give you a a tangible example here of how it's not just on a small scale with thoughts and feelings on an individual basis that there's this spiral motion or to them. There's also this spiral nature to the entirety of spiritual life. And we're going to get into uh, an encounter Swedenborg had in his journal of spiritual experiences, and I need you to ignore something that's in it. Well, okay, he's talking to a guy in this number, and it turns out that guy is none other than the patriarch of the world's three largest religions, I believe, or close to it, uh, Abram. 
you know, Abraham. He says he met him in the spiritual world. And I don't want that to distract you. Like, what? He's talking to that guy? Did he really do? Listen to what is said in the conversation, because we're here to talk about the spirals. And yeah, Abram's there. He's the one telling it. So this is Spiritual Experiences 2920. He says, one who had been in the other life about 3,000 to 4,000 years, so, so a vet of the other life, said he knew that there are gyres or that things roll around and repeat. For everything that exists had its, has its own spiraling motion so that it may return. The reason for this suggested itself to me from within, namely that none of those in such a gyre should be broken, but the changes imposed thereby must be moderated until they are brought gradually into different states so that they may not be hurt. So as we go through different states of mind, it needs to be smooth like a, like a water slide rather than you're jumping down stories. For to undergo sudden slides from one state to another is to be broken, hence the gyres. This is transition between different spiritual states on this grand scale. But that ancient one, Abram, told you, said that there are general gyres which are varied and succeed which never return, as he knows from experience. So it is suggested to my thought that the variations are perpetual and eternal, and thus cannot really return. And the general gyres influence the less general, and these the individual ones, causing varieties of each according to their nature. They are spiraling motions of states. I feel like there's so much to unpack in there. I don't want to just skip it over now. I want to spend a little time digging into it, but I'm not sure I totally get what it... What do you think, Jonathan? Well, what it makes me think is about the form that like things take in space where the sun is moving around. And then, so you picture the planets going around the sun, okay. but then the... But then the sun is moving through space because it's part of this galaxy oh, that's okay. spinning. And then the galaxies are moving in relation yep. to each other. So even though it feels like, oh, here we go. Now we're getting into this season. We hit another equinox and yeah. all that. But we're not in the same place that's, we were that's before. That's a great example. I like you it. Know, and it might just be a little bit over. You know, Some of these things are very slow, very gradual motions. Yeah. Some of them are very, very fast and dramatic. But, but you never come to exactly the same place twice. And so it's cool. That Abraham, who's like three or four thousand years old, yeah. has been watching this pattern for a while, and he realized, yeah, you come around again, but it's not the same. It's a very gentle kind of curve, you know. I, That's I, right. I like that idea. Well, I think it's the microcosm macrocosm thing again, which is even in our individual lives, you know, you, you know the feeling of let's say that that you and I represented drastic problems in somebody's life, mm. right? And so they were on their spiral here. And they might say like, oh, it feels like I've just been dealing with Curtis and Jonathan my whole life. You know, I got over to Curtis and now, okay, I finally got away from him, but now I'm over by Jonathan. And now I, I'm, I know I'm done with Jonathan. I really got back. Now I'm back to Curtis. But the whole time that person's moving up, even though it seems like they're bouncing right. back and forth. They're just cycling between. Yeah, that's right. It's getting better and better. And I love the idea that the Lord, there's something that's drawing us. You know, the Lord yeah. is just gradually leading us through these changes of state. Yeah. And, and so, it's, so it's, it's gentle. You know, we tend to think in a very linear way about these things. But the fact is, uh, it's a kinder sort of slope than that. And not, not, okay, this is right, this is wrong. If you don't think the right thing, Swedenborg over and over surprises me by saying that God never breaks our ideas. Mm, even even right. falsities that we have, he wants to work with those rather than say, wrong, this is the truth. And that angels will defend our evils and falsities mm. because, because they mean something to us and that they're too embedded, that Swedenborg yeah. maps out this amazing clash between heaven and hell, where hell is trying to accuse 
accuse us of things that are, even could be true about us, but angels are defending even the evil things because they're like, no, we're going to do this gradually and it's just fine. Right. You know? So it's like the a little bit like the switchbacks or even if you, like if you went up a mountain, like yeah. to go very gradually, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you're coming down, you don't burn out your brakes Break or whatever, you know, just, just, just make that, you know, that's don't charge straight up. That's right. You know, more people will come on the hike if we go this way, you know, that's if right. we go, if we go around like this. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, it's sort of a, we mentioned one show, um, you know, scuba diving when you're, when you're trying to come up, you oh. know, you get motion sick or oh. I mean, Compression. If you come up too fast, sickness. yeah, that's right. You the get nitrous. the bends and all that. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. So it, there's all kinds of analogies in the physical world of how things need to to happen mm. gradually. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah, right. And it's cool to think that you got this spiral, but in, even in our individual thoughts and feelings, there's the motion of these little spirals bringing us, you know, higher, higher, and higher. Mm. Yeah, and so uh, it's not only in that small scale, right? It's also on a larger scale than that? What do you mean by that? Well, let's have a look in part two. So it's such a wild thought that our thoughts and feelings are going on. In fact, having that thought is having something, some little springy thing bouncing around in your mind. It's a change of state in these spiral forms in our minds and hearts. It's such a strange idea. And uh, we heard earlier on in this show about the idea of fractals, that there are not only spiral shapes in the small scale for what's going on in our minds, but they're also what's happening to the evolution of our thinking over time and the whole kind of direction of the way that our thoughts and feelings go are also in a kind of a giant spiral. It's such an unusual idea. I don't know if, if Swedenborg hadn't said it, I don't know if I ever would have thought it, uh, but it's a cool idea. So we are actually a microcosm. You know this idea, the ancients had this idea that we're like a little mini world. So we actually have within each one of us, the reason we're able to function is that we have a mini heaven and we have a mini world in us. And these can be depicted as a kind of a sphere, like the top half of the sphere is our mini heaven and the bottom half of our sphere is our mini world and each of these has multiple layers to it. So our spiritual mind has three layers to it. And opposite to it, our earthly mind, it, at least in the way that we start out in life, our, our earthly mind is in, in, in the opposite form, where it's almost directly upside down to that. And it has echoing parts on either side that we see a little later in the show. And so we, our consciousness is right here in the middle between these two things. And what's strange about this, the way that we come into this world, is that these two are in opposition to each other. They start out naturally opposition, oppositional. And so our heavenly mind wants to spiral up. That's where it wants to go. It's trying to go up and up and up toward heaven. But our earthly mind is trying to spiral down and down. By nature, it just spirals down. And so the two are in opposition to each other. You see this in the Bible when it says that the flesh and the spirit are against one another, you know. And uh, this is something that Swedenborg talks about in Divine Love and Wisdom 270. The earthly mind, with everything in it, everything in it, turns in spirals from right to left. 
So picturing this going down like this, while the spiritual mind turns in spirals from left to right, going up. So the two minds are turning in opposite directions. What an amazing thing. A sign that evil is resident in the earthly mind, and that on its own, it resists the spiritual mind. Swedenborg says on its own, because there is a condition that we can be in where our outer mind is actually cooperative with that spiritual mind. But we're starting at, we're talking about where we start out here. And further, turning from right to left is, by definition, turning downward toward hell. And turning from left to right moves upward toward heaven. So we can picture this with uh, the spiral that we were talking about before. You have these two opposite poles, if you will, like the North and South Pole kind of thing. The Lord is at the top and hell is at the bottom. Those are the ultimate things at the, at the either end of this globe. And then you have feelings on the heaven side. And these feelings are love for the Lord and love for the neighbor. Those are drives or values. And the opposite of them in the earthly mind are love of self and love of the world. These are the four loves that we've talked about sometimes in this show. And then those feed into thoughts. On the higher level, they're thoughts of wisdom and intelligence. On the lower level, they're foolishness and irrationality or rationalizations of insane behavior and things like that. And then these come down a step to meet in the middle, if you see what I mean, by these determinations. In other words, actions. They're where feelings and thoughts come together into some sort of actions or words. And the feelings and thoughts on the heaven level are those positive feelings and thoughts that come down into good actions, loving actions, and so on. Whereas on the hell version of it, it comes up towards these evil actions, you know, detrimental things to ourselves and to others. And so uh, it, it's when we're in the middle, we live in that middle in between these two. When you live in the middle there, it's hard to tell the two apart. This action seems like that action. Is this a good thing? Is it bad? Would it be better if I went home right now or if I stayed here? I don't know. We live in this confusing world in the middle, and we don't really realize that those actions are the very start of a very gentle ramp that either goes down or it goes up. And this gentle is just a gentle curve. But the things of the earthly mind, the way that it starts out in life, they want to lead us downward. And the center to which they're leading is actually a total focus on ourselves, which is really the same thing as hell. Whereas that upward curve wants to go up and up and up until it's drawing us toward the Lord. It's, it's up and heavenwards. It's lifting upwards. So the cool thing is about the middle of these two points is that our actions can start us going in the opposite direction. Our act, Just by changing our actions a little bit, then we start our behaviors, we're starting that spiral. Oh, and now our thoughts are starting to change. We're coming into a different perspective. Oh, and now we're having more compassion about other people. We're being drawn upwards through that spiral towards heaven. And these are the centers. Swedenborg says in Spiritual Experiences 2318, when I allowed my imagination to wander freely, imagine being Swedenborg and just watching what's going on in your own mind. So he just allows his imagination to just wander, just whatever I want to think of. Where does it go? He's watching where his mind goes. He says, its thoughts were led around in a spiral path from left to right, coming toward the center. That's what spirals do, right? As they get tighter and tighter, at least certain kind of spirals. 
From this, it is permissible to conclude that such is the flow of endeavors and forces everywhere to their centers, namely by helices from left to right toward the centers, and so everywhere in every least point. There's an order to the whole thing, and it's all going somewhere. We may not be clear when we're going through that, but it's all going somewhere, and we're not just stuck on this downward thing. There is a way to turn it around and get it to go up. Wow, there's a lot in there. I want to look first. I, I don't want to f- gloss over that you said that every, he, everything has a center to it. Mm-hmm. He talked about watching his imagination go, and that he said yeah. it's, it's spiraled to a center like everything has. Because you think of the train of thought, what could be more random or unorganized than that if you think about the way you hop subject to subject? But he's saying, no, this is on a track. And so is everything. It just makes you think about yeah. life differently, right? Well, re- yeah, it does. And it really makes me think about that expression, train of thought. You know, that's interesting because trains don't go up too fast. <laughs> they don't it, come yeah. down. You know, it's kind of cool. Isn't Thought's it? not they, like a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah like right. a train right. that's over here and over here. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, you know, it's like a, the train track that spirals or something, but it's just gradually going. So there's some center to it. It has a center. We can't necessarily perceive what that is. And one way that I've been able to relate to this is, I don't know if you've ever been in a bad mood, Curtis, not as far as this show has ever seen. I may be getting in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) As this conversation goes on. yeah. But I've I've, in in my many years on this planet, I've had some experiences where you feel like you're just sinking down, you know what I mean? Like you're spiraling down. Yes. You know what I mean? Like each time around, then you think of something else. It's not necessarily direct but you think of this and then you feel like oh i'm a horrible person and then you think of this yeah. and then you and it takes you over here and round round down down it goes yeah. so well with that center point now i'm realizing i do see this popping up because they'll have something that's bothering me some kind of issue or it's mm. a situation or a perception i have of how the world works and i'm thinking about it is ruining my day and i try to get away from it I'm thinking about something else, and that leads to something else, and that leads to something else, and then thinking about it. Suddenly I'm back. I'm like, You're back. I realize I'm thinking about the same thing. Yeah. And it just pulls you right oh, down into that. It's even like that business where you get into a bad mood, or sometimes when you're sick, yeah. you feel like you've always been there. You know, it's like the gravity of that feeling just. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, the whole direction of my life is to go to this awful place down here. Yeah, I was keeping a journal when I I had depression, and I was keeping a journal, and my general sense was, it's it's always bad. So when I looked back at those entries, there was a lot of high points in there that you forget about when you've you've sort of marble-shooted down to the bottom. Yeah, that's right. When you're in there, that's, that's the only reality. So it's such a powerful point that Swedenborg makes that we have a freedom to choose, you know, it's not like we can choose to just, I'll go to heaven in the next second or something, but, yeah. uh, but we can go the other way on the tracks or so, you know, something that we can do. Switch course. Yeah. So, I mean, when you put it that way, it doesn't seem that strange when you're, you know, you're doing your section. I thought this is pretty weird, the whole spirals thing, but, but it's not that weird. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty normal. Yeah, there there are aspects of it though in the spiritual world that, that are frankly bizarre. The Swedenborg oh, yeah? actually says that physically, like in their spiritual bodies, but you know what I mean with their bodies, yeah. the spirits in the other world, uh, you can tell whether they're good or evil because they can only turn 
or it's a lot easier for them to turn one way than the other. It's he really, does not say really that. Show weird. me a quote like, if he really okay. says that. Well, it, off the top of my head, I would say Divine Love Wisdom 270, which says something like, I have been shown this by the experience that evil spirits cannot turn their bodies from left to right, Ugh. but only from right to left. We, you know, it's like a one-way streets in a city well, or something remembering like remembering the, like, the positional nature, which we're going to get to, uh, of... Uh, of the spiritual world, and that each direction has meaning. It has meaning. Right, That's right. right. What what right and left are, uh, you know, only from right to left. While good spirits find it hard. It's interesting that it says that evil spirits can't do it, and good spirits it's hard to do the other one. Right. Good spirits find it hard to turn from right to left. Easy to turn from left to right. Their turning follows the flow of the deeper levels. Of their minds, you know, so they're yeah. in that kind of orbit. So even the way people turn, you can tell, you know, I've seen things like this in Swedenborg's works where he says that you can tell what spirits are like by the paths they take. But yeah. I never realized, maybe this is hooked into this spiral thing, that you can tell, oh, are they, ten, you know, tending this way, tending that way? You know, which way are they going? Yeah, the, the, the direction there is tied up in love and in intention and things like that. Mm. And I, I think it's interesting, it's like where Swedenborg says that from evil you can't see what good is. Oh, But from right. good you can understand what ah, evil is. Right. So that's why these evil spirits they're just so locked into a way of life that just turning the other way doesn't even occur to them right good i don't want to do that but i know how yeah that's right i know what that's like to go that way that's that's good so sort of this polarity between turning one way turning the other way Mm. and for our experience here in this world yeah what do you think like are we always just uh trap with it oh now i'm going up oh now i'm going down oh now it's ups and downs right. up the roller coaster of life or something is that it is that that's going to be that way to eternity or what it's funny you should say that because that's a great segue actually in my next part we're going to talk exactly about oh, really? how we can escape this sort of back and forth motion so i hope you'll join me uh and the rest of you for part three So as we saw in the previous section, even though the, the spirals are a cyclical kind of thing, there are two major orientations that we can have. You can be looking up towards heaven or everything that is good, love of God, love of the neighbor, everything that's pro-social and makes you a nice person to hang out with, or you can be looking at down towards what's constricted and unpleasant and antisocial, which Swedenborg calls hell. And we actually can face ourselves into either one of these opposing spirals, and that affects how we then journey through them. Swedenborg talks about this in Divine Providence 319, and that we actually open to a particular inflow based on what we're loving. He's back to talking about the substances and forms in our mind or our spirit. Now, though, I need to state what these purely organic substances and forms are like in evil people and in good people. And that might seem a little bit black and white, right? That, oh, there's here's the evil people on the left, here's the good people on the right. Swedenborg usually, if not always, talks in these absolute sorts of terms. And I think he does it in order to clearly explain a concept, but also because once we get into the spiritual world, because of the nature of the forces there, things get much more defined. But here on this planet, we're a mix of both. We fluctuate between good and evil. I like to look at it, though, and just notice when I'm in this kind of state, how does this apply to me? In a negative state, how does it apply to positive? So don't get thrown by the absolute language. 
in good people, the spirals face forward. And we put some brackets in here for you because he's using this spiritual orientation language, which can be confusing if you're not familiar with the fact that direction is rendered completely differently in the spiritual world than it is here. Forward is always toward the Lord and backward is always away from the Lord. So as the spirals face forward or toward the Lord and in evil people, they face backward, which would be away from the Lord. When they spiral forward, they are turned toward the Lord and are open to the inflow from him. When they spiral backward, when the, or again, when the substances in the mind spiral backward, they are turned toward hell and are open to its inflow. It is important to realize that to the extent that they are turned backward, they are open behind and closed in front. Again, you're facing backward from the Lord so that you're closed to the Lord. And that conversely, to the extent that they are turned forward, they are open in front toward the Lord and closed behind toward hell. So front is always good, behind is always bad. And so if you imagine that you're in the middle of this sphere that we've been looking at, both of these spirals have this pull with them. The, the spiral coming out of heaven wants to pull us up towards it, while as the spiral coming up from hell wants to drag us down, both trying to pull us in their direction. If you're facing toward the divine, you can see how then that spiral goes right into you and that there's a progression. We looked at there's these feelings to thoughts and into actions or determinations. That's how God flows in. That's how heaven reaches us. It's its first into these feelings that they can stir up in us. That leads us to contemplate and think about it. And finally, if we so choose, we complete the cycle by acting or determining our course of action based on that. And of course, you can do the reverse and it comes in the same way. In the same way, up from hell, there's something, hey, that's that would be kind of fun. How can I justify it? I'm going to go do it. That This is the way we invite one of these spirals in. And we actually don't always stay uh, trapped, or, or I wouldn't say trapped, but, but with the opportunity to kind of turn back and forth to these two equally present versions of the spiral, actually we shape our spiral by what we love and how we live and how we regenerate. And eventually it either comes to a dominant orientation upward or a dominant orientation downward. So we are our love. We are what we care about, what we act on in life. So it's our love. It's not w- which way we think we would like to turn or whether we have the right thoughts in our mind or the right religion. It's what we love that determines our overall direction within that spiral. This is Divine Providence 319. He says, after death, we all follow the path of our love. To heaven, if we have loved what is good, and to hell, if we have loved what is evil. We find no rest until we arrive in the community where our own dominant love is. And, strange as it may sound, it's good to hear I'm acknowledging how uh, strange it is, we all know the way. It is as though we were following a scent. So it's not like you get to the spiritual world and, oh, I need to pull up uh, Google Maps. How do you get to heaven or hell? There's an innate tug in us because at our deepest level, we've already been making that choice. Regeneration, which we just did a show on recently, is actually the process of changing this spiral. And that through hard work, the learning of concepts, the applying, the understanding that other human beings are human beings and we should be nice to them because it's a good thing to do, we can actually change the spiral, which Swedenborg says there's there's an initial tendency to kind of spiral downwards and and be a little bit self-serving, but we can reverse that flow with, of course, the agency of the divine. So let's let's hear a little bit about what it's like to have our spiral opened in these two 
primary directions. This is from Divine Love and Wisdom 263. Swedenborg says, when the earthly mind is acting on the basis of the delights it loves and the fascinations of its own thinking, of its thinking, which are intrinsically evil and false, so earthly in this sense, meaning ego-based and, and most superficial, then the reaction of the earthly mind moves aside whatever comes from the spiritual mind and blocks the doors against its entry. So he said, don't even bring that other spiral towards me. As a result, any action is controlled by whatever agrees with the reaction. This is the nature of the action and reaction of the earthly mind, which is the opposite of the action and reaction of the spiritual mind. And this is what causes the closing of the spiritual mind or the reversing of the spiral. So the two are incompatible. You can't have the two in the same space. However, that's the, that's the bad news. The good news is we can actually open it up so that we just accept what's coming down, spiraling down by way of heaven and have the same kind of repulsion towards everything that would come up from the negativity of hell. And Swedenborg describes this further in Divine Love and Wisdom 263. When the spiritual mind is open, though, the state of the earthly mind is entirely different. Then the earthly mind is inclined to obey the spiritual mind and to be subservient. The spiritual mind acts on the earthly mind from above or from within, and it moves aside the things there that are reactive, and adapts to its purposes the things that are cooperative. So it gradually eliminates any overpowering resistance. Then it reverses the spiral characteristic of the action and reaction of the earthly mind. This is the nature of that change of state called reformation and regeneration. The state of the earthly mind before its reformation might be compared to a spiral twisted or twisting downward, while after its reformation it might be compared to a spiral twisted or twisting upward. So before our reformation, we are looking down toward hell, while after our reformation, we are looking up toward heaven. It just feels good, the idea of this spiral pulling us up toward heaven and what is good. That just feels like such a such an exciting, solid place to be. It really is a stunningly beautiful thought. And it's very, very encouraging and merciful, developmental. You know, it really is a gorgeous thought. It's an awesome destination. And so that we don't forget our steps to get there, I think it's time for the wrap up. Spirals are everywhere in the created universe, from the helices of our DNA to the spiraling arms of the Milky Way galaxy. Understanding their nature helps to give us insight into physical phenomena like phylotaxis, weather systems, and the efficiency of evolution overall, but can also aid us in probing the very nature of spiritual substance, the quality of our thoughts and feelings, and can even help us make sense of the fluctuation of our states and how the Lord's divine providence is leading us toward eternal happiness, no matter how familiar the scenery seems. Turns out there's a grand spiral structure to the mind itself. Simple, discreet, and yet fluid. Knowing this structure allows us to sense and distinguish the qualities of heaven in the spiritual mind from that of hell in the earthly mind. We are free, held in a balance between these opposing vortices. With knowledge of its structure, we can gain insight into how feelings flow into thoughts and together how they shape action. By tracing a thought or feeling back to its originating center point, we can live out the purpose of our freedom, the power to gain freedom from hell and align more and more with heaven. 
Swedenborg says love is spiritual substance, and as what we love changes, our form changes. If we're open to it, the Lord wills to take us on a journey of transforming the spiral of our love. Changing the spiraling motion of the earthly mind is no easy task, but with God, all things are possible. The whole arc of our regeneration is a gradual shift in this flow, aligning it with the inflow and quality of heaven. It's a journey with a lot of ups and downs, and at times we will feel like we're being pulled in opposite directions, but take heart, real change is happening, and God is leading us to become our true higher selves. I think what's cool about this topic is that it both has this kind of amazement and wonder in it, you know, kind of like, really? Wow, Ooh, yep. that's cool. And then seeing different things about the human form and atoms and all these different things, fractals, and, yeah. and how these things interact. So the wow and factor. The, the wow factor, that's right. And yet there's also this very practical element to it, like to feel encouragement when you're feeling down or if you feel like you're always, you know, sliding in that downward spiral, yeah. there is something you can do about it. It actually becomes practical at some level. Yeah, and that's the the point of the show. I mean, that's where we're here delving into the nature of spirals. That's what the thing that I love about Swedenborg's body of work is that he goes all over the place, even out to the far reaches of the universe to talk about how there's right. gyres and things inside the substances of the pulsing of your thoughts and feelings. But it all ties in to this worldview that is giving us a pathway to happiness. It's all about, hey, things are better mm. than you think they are. Here are some helpful tools and right. steps. In the end, it's all about reducing the suffering of, of conscious beings. Right, right, right. That's right. Everything, even spirals is about that. Yeah, that's right. So heads up, you know, some of your thoughts and feelings, are like in your lower self, have this downward trajectory. That's where they want to go. They've got this yeah. pull and they're, they want to spiral down. So if that's not fun for you, you know, if you want to get off that, turn that the other way, there's stuff we can do. Yeah. You know, it can be a, a little painful and weird sometimes as you reverse your spiral or something. But, but eventually you can get to the point where even the lowest part of you wants to go up. You know, even the most self-centered right. stuff is actually part of this entire upward cycle, which yeah. is cool. And just knowing that those patterns take place turns it from this this chaos into, okay, I'm spiraling down now. And I think about Swedenborg saying that if you have the concepts in your mind, the angels can work with them. Ah, uh, they can so, work with that. They can let you know. How, losing altitude. Yeah, just the, even that that know? is a thing. And I find that I load something like a, a Swedenborg spiral into my mind, and who knows, but later in my own thoughts and feelings and the struggle to, to stay happy and focused, it'll come up. Like, oh, it comes up. somehow this is giving me leverage. So what we're hoping is all of you get some kind of leverage out of this. It makes your moment to moment better, and the, the down spiral is not so far down, and the up spirals even higher. So thanks so much for watching. We're going to get to one of your questions, but first, a couple of thank yous related to this show. As always, thanks so much, everybody, and we're amazed that you're watching our show. Please like and subscribe. That helps us get out into YouTube. And if you subscribe, subscribe like you mean it, meaning if you just click subscribe, you'll rarely ever get notified that, that we're making anything. But if you click the little bell, a menu comes down, and you say get notifications, then you're really going to be in the know about when we have new content. If you want to make that content happen, consider supporting us. You can either just make a donation to the Swedenborg Foundation or check us out on Patreon. That's a way that you can pledge a small amount, a dollar per episode, and you become a, a patron of this show. And we'll give you a little thank you in the form of behind-the-scenes content. For example, this week we have George Gantz, who, who is the, the voice and the man behind the documentary we watched in the beginning. He talks a lot more about the subject of spirals and, and how we got there and everything. 
everything like that. So we give you extra just as a thank you from us to you for, for helping to make this all possible. Okay, as another thank you, we'll try our best to answer one of your questions right now. Robert asks, evil exists. Did God create evil? Is evil sometimes useful, like an evil lawyer used for a good cause? Mm. Could even an evil lawyer bring something good? So, great question. And there, there's, there's definitely harmful stuff out there. And right. what's, the, what's the upside to it? Yeah, I, I think Swedenborg's answer that I pieced together from different things that he wrote would be that um, God did not create evil. He didn't make certain people evil or, or whatever, you know. Or, or get in the lab like, and say, okay, this is this is how you um, steal somebody's lunch. I'm going to create the program gonna, for that. Yes, right. He Everything he created was good. In the creation story, you see, everything he creates, he said, right. it was good. It was very good, you know. Everything he created was good. Evil is just good upside down. It's just the priorities flip the other way up, as we've been talking about in this right. show with the spirals and everything. And is evil sometimes useful? Uh, Swedenborg emphasizes very strongly that the Lord's kingdom, as he calls it, is a kingdom of uses. Everything is useful. Yeah, It's just like in the kingdom of nature. You may have some sort of creepy, crawly, weird, or predatory, or strange animals or something like that, but they're serving a function. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're very useful. And sometimes that, you know, poisonous tree frog will actually have some medicine that, that helps people yeah. out or, and they're or cute. whatever, you know. Plus, plus the cuteness but, factor, but no, but of even, course. You talk about even the uh, even the spiders that at this time of year are building those webs right at head level, so when you walk through them, still, you, you yank those out of the ecosystem, you're going to see this explosion of the animals that, that they prey on. It's, everything is holding together. This, it's in this, a balance. Uh, yeah. That's right. And uh, Swedenborg talks explicitly in Divine Providence about, you know, like that example there of an evil lawyer used for a good cause, that uh, there's um, with uh, politicians and so on. He says that no offense. you know that that politicians may be very driven. Uh, Swedenborg says at some point that if you had a whole community where everybody was just involved in the love of self, it would probably run just as well as you know because people want their glory and so they'll do good reputation. service for the neighbor. Yep. The reputation. And you, know you know what he even says in there that people who are driven by a love of themselves and their own reputation are actually often more useful <laughs> they're than more good effective. people because they're so obsessed with gaining power and being seen well, that they'll do all kinds they'll of public be service. Fearless. Yeah, they, right. Yeah. They have no shame or that, whatever they'll charge that in. That somebody who's actually living immersed in mutual love is a little more hesitant to try to seek power. It doesn't grab them in the little, same way. Or just right. like, what's the use in that? I'll just help. The, so that actually that's maybe why you often see examples of bad behavior at the top because it's usually love of power, love of self that drives you towards that. But Providence, and using them like chess pieces. and ego and so on. That's yeah. right. So the Lord definitely harnesses that uh, for, for a good cause. Yeah. The way Swedenborg puts it is that the Lord can bring good out of evil. So yeah. no evil is allowed that he can't bring something good out of, even if it's like a, a negative example to somebody else or yeah. whatever form it takes. Or somebody but who's... But it actually is... Useful. Yeah, sorry. Uh, somebody who is, um, you know, got really bad motives and maybe lived a terrible personal life, but passed legislation or created art or did something that really helped the human race, regardless of, of what was in their heart when they did it. That's right. And I want to touch that's just right. one more time on this, did God create evil? Because I think that's important what you said, that, that evil is just good upside down. Meaning, like, 
you can create a human body, right? And it's, but cutting it is not something that's created. It's just, this is what you do when the order of it is destroyed. Hacking up something. Evil is like, like darkness is just the absence of light. But, but even more than that, it's just, this is a destruction of order. Anything that works against order. So it's, there was the implicit potential for it. There was the implicit, I totally agree. God God did say, I'm going to create people who have the freedom to go outside the bounds of what is good. So in that way, allowing for it, but not going in there and okay, I'm going to design all the different kinds of evils and dole them out to people. He wasn't surprised or, you know, oh, I didn't see that coming. He he knew that possibility was there. And he knew that he could use it uh, to bring people back and and so on. You know, there were things that he can do with that that evil. Yeah. And for example, uh, you know, it's people leave comments saying this show did something good for them and we're both evil. So that's right. There you go. All right, everyone. uh, That's it. Thanks so much. That's our show. Really hope you enjoyed it. We love having you here. We love getting the chance to dig into something like the spiritual nature of spirals and and know that you guys are going to be watching right alongside us. That's an awesome feeling. Next week, we're going to try to connect with you. We're going to have our live question and answer panel show. So tune in Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and you'll get to ask us questions and we'll respond the best that we can. It should be a good time uh, to hang out. Hope you guys have a great week until then. And thanks again for watching. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.